Welcome to the Dream, Plan, Start, Grow podcast hosted by Allison Turner. In each episode, we interview real everyday entrepreneurs to learn how they got their start, what challenges they faced and overcame when starting the business, and what successes each has had. Welcome to the Dream, Plan, Start, Grow podcast. My name is Allison Turner. I will be your host. And today we have Johnny Mackey of Shamrock Restoration. The reason I started this podcast was really to demystify some of the things around starting companies. We see a lot of Facebook ads, Instagram ads about these people promoting their product or service about, you know, get rich quick. You know, you can start a business today and in 12 months you'll be a millionaire. And I see those ads pretty frequently on a weekly basis. And sometimes it works. I mean, and maybe not their program specifically, but sometimes some people can do that. Maybe they have an app idea or maybe they have some kind of technology idea and they start. But what they don't tell you is all the background behind that. And they don't tell you about what it took to actually get to that point to then build that app and then sell it for millions of dollars. So Johnny started this company with a business partner I know in 2017. So what made you decide to go out on your own? Because I know you'd been working for some other companies when I first met you. Yeah, yeah. So everybody has a glory story. Mine is not so glorious, um, but it's real. Um, what prompted me to go out on my own was I got fired. Oh. <laughs> How about that? You know, life. Life is funny and uh, you gotta roll with the punches. I've been told many a times that it's a marathon, it's not a race. Right. You gotta see what's coming at you and then kind of react. And I, I certainly didn't expect to get fired. Um, most people don't. Right. And after I got fired, I, I didn't even have any grand ambitions of starting my own company. I was bummed out to be honest with you, but um, what ended up happening was I um, had a couple, actually it was two, it was two friends of mine and they had started their own company as I sat at home in my wallows and, um, and then a hurricane came through and they called me and they said, Johnny, we need, help. we need your help, man. And I thought to myself, you know, at that stage, I had been in the business world for a little while um, I had had a, a bunch of different roles at a bunch of different companies. And I thought, you know, like if I'm going to go back into this, I'm gonna get some equity. Right. That's what I'm gonna do because I think I know how I would want to run a company. Mm -hmm. And I have run companies for people in, in the past, but I didn't have the protection of the equity. And right. you know, <laughs> You don't learn that when you talk to people or you go to business school, nope. at least I didn't. Nope. And so, you know, everything that happens to you in life kind of teaches you a lesson, I, at least you would hope, right? And so the lesson of being fired was the importance of having equity if you're right. going to be in a certain role. And uh, that's the truth story behind mm -hmm. my entrepreneurship. So 
Maybe not what you were expecting, but <laughs> hey, man. I don't remember that part of the story, but. Yeah, you know, you don't go off advertising it too much. <laughs> I got fired, so I started a company. <laughs> yeah, man. I got, yeah. I got fired, and you know, if it wasn't for that hurricane, I probably would not have, I, it wouldn't have happened. So huh. two massive storms, be it different varieties of them, right. pushed me into becoming an entrepreneur. Okay. So these two friends had, you said they had started a company already. They so had. Did, yeah. they, did you buy into that company or did you guys decide to start like a whole different company or how did that happen? Well, you know, that's a really good question. So essentially they had started it. And what I'll tell you and anybody that's listening, anybody who mm-hmm. wants to be an entrepreneur, deciding that you want to be an entrepreneur is the easiest part, right? Oh, yeah. Now, are you brave enough to do it? Mm-hmm. And then are you smart enough to realize there are certain skill sets maybe you don't have and you'll need help with, right? Mm-hmm. And so when they approached me about helping them, clearly there was a need there, right? And what I could bring to the table and the experience that I have, um, my, my background really and truly is business development. That's what I like to do. Now that's a tiny, tiny piece right? when it comes to owning a business, running a business. But man, it's, it's piece, important. Though. It's a big piece. Especially if you don't have that the business, then uh, you got nothing. <laughs> that's it. So I knew I had something that they needed. Mm-hmm. And so as a businessman, I negotiated. And so therefore I didn't have to buy in. Okay. I was the currency. I guess you would say. The equity. And I guess that is a lesson as well. You got to know your own worth and you got to know what you bring to the table and what you don't bring to the table. Mm -hmm. And so luckily for me, um, that was enough. And so that's what got me in there. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. So two things I want to touch on. Um, First, you just said you have to know your own worth. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a key piece because if you don't know your own worth, it's very hard to maintain a company because there's so much noise around you. There's so much, especially if you start without business partners, maybe you start something on your own and you have all these little voices in your head from whatever past situations, you know, parents, whoever, friends of like, oh, maybe you shouldn't do this. Maybe you shouldn't do this. And that fear, like you just said something about um, fear, you have to be able to push through that. But really that comes down to, you have to know your worth and what, you value yourself as, so you can kind of push through those fears. So what, I mean, what did, what had you done in your life or has that always, that skill always been with you or is that through like your, I know you play soccer, like what, where did you develop that kind of confidence and? Well, you know, it comes with time. Yeah. Um, it sounds cheesy, but it's, it's the guy's honest truth. I, I'm lucky. My parents, when I was growing up, they told me I could do anything. And I believe them. Uh I believe them. But life told me otherwise, right? And so I would, you know, you put me in a time capsule and I go back 20 years and you meet me and you say, what are you going to do? I'm going to be a professional soccer player. There's no doubt in my mind. I was 100% sure that I was going to be able to do it. And, you know, not for nothing, I probably had a slim chance. Uh But there's a difference in being able and and then actually doing. And when I was younger and that that was my dream, I wasn't mentally strong enough, right? 
And that bummed me out for years. But then, you know, as far as self-confidence goes, you have to know what you're good at, mm -hmm. but you have to realize what you're not good at too. And, and, point. and be loyal to yourself to try to become better in those areas, right? And so I guess the, the confidence in, in the belief in myself has, has grown within knowing the disappointment of failure and mm -hmm. not wanting that again. And, and believing like, well, okay, so you failed in certain aspects, right? But you've had success in others, right? right? So can I capitalize and feel really good about what I've been successful at and continue to get better at it? Mm -hmm. And then, you know, you're allowed to make mistakes in life. Right. But you should like not mistakes. make the same mistakes twice. And so where I have had previous failures, if you can recognize what those were and not do them again, Mm -hmm. That helps with the self-confidence thing. So I think that's that's a valuable piece of being aware of, you know, when you do have that failure in your life, learning from it. Because, you know, even though you may have that failure, it's always how we learn from those failures and the education piece that goes in there. But a lot of people that I've seen, and I've done it in my life in earlier years, don't recognize maybe it's not a positive at the time, but don't recognize the lesson that they can take out of it to actually grow and personally develop a little bit more. But that sounds like it's always kind of been instilled in you to recognize, you know, okay, this didn't happen the way I wanted it to happen, but I can take this piece and, and grow with this. Yeah, it has. It honestly has. I mean, look, nobody's perfect. No. God, nothing makes you realize that more than running your own business. Everybody <laughs> yeah. makes mistakes, right. right? But you have to realize that you, you just can't continue down that road. And you can't just forgive yourself and be like, oh, well, that's okay. Oh, it was a hard day. It's hard to run your own business. Right. No, man. There's Put no time the for hook. that. No. There's no time for that. Nobody's going to save you. No. So, Okay. Pick yourself up, brush yourself up. And you mentioned the sports background. It's like nobody goes undefeated, right? Those that rare. do. Very rare. <laughs> they're, they're put in the lights. We know them forever, right? We yep. know this because it never happens, right? You, if you can't learn to lose, you'll never learn to win. So oh, I like that. Can't learn to lose, you'll never learn to win. That's a good lesson. So the other thing you said at the very beginning was you started the company with two other business partners. Mm -hmm. I believe currently you have one other business partner that owns mm -hmm. Shamrock Restoration. And I don't need, we don't need all the details of what happened, but what made, because I think it's important because in business, sometimes you, you know, all the partners aren't meant to be in that business for whatever reason. It could be a personality thing, it could be the skill set, it could be anything that happens, but what made, I guess, this partner realize, or you guys, the three of you realize like, oh, maybe we should go on. And I believe he's doing a different business altogether, so. Yeah, so in, in my circumstance, um, it, it kind of, it all fell together pretty smoothly. Um, the partner that, that we ended up buying out, mm -hmm. um, there was a willingness there. So, you know, that's lucky, right? Yeah. <laughs> but really it's it's a combination of things, okay? So 
The first thing is, and I find this is something that not a lot of business owners do, not a lot of people do, right? It's it's very easy to get wrapped up in your day to day. Oh, yeah. Like we were just joking around, joking around. He doesn't get to see me anymore. Yes, yeah. I can't get out of my own day, right? <laughs> but you have to, you must be able to look into the future. What what is my industry doing in the next year, three years, five years? If you don't have some insight to that or you're not researching into that, you're gonna get bit, right? Right. So in my industry, what we saw is there's there was gonna be a huge shift in how we were gonna be able to get business, who we were gonna get business from. And we were already kind of starting to, to work on plans of diversifying, right? Mm -hmm. Because if you're just a one trick pony, you get all your eggs in one basket, that's troublesome, right? <laughs> I mean, it just is. You guys do a bunch of stuff. You do marketing, you do the video. So if one thing drops off, the other thing can pick it up. Right. So it wasn't too dissimilar for us, right? Mm -hmm. We were looking out and we we're saying, okay, there's three owners. We all want to make a certain amount of money. Yep. But that's heavy. That's a heavy load up at the top. Three yes. owners in a small business, all splitting the equal equity. Okay, so we identified, hey, this is going to be problematic, right? So let's get ahead of it. And so we started tinkering with this idea that we would open up another business. Now, again, life is funny and you just got to roll with what comes. We were slowly and meticulously putting together this other business. And then COVID happened. <laughs> I, work in people's, I work in people's homes. Yes, you do. Well, nobody wanted me in their house anymore. And you can say whatever you want about, oh, but Johnny, you respond to floods and you get rid of mold for people. Isn't that important? It shouldn't matter. Yo, it mattered. People <laughs> did not care. Yeah. It didn't matter. Like, they just didn't want to let you in the house. So all of a sudden, what was like this, okay, we're just going to move the pieces <laughs> on the board. We were like, we looked at each other and we're like, all right. Checkmate. We, we got we to gotta get this thing going. And then, kind of like we were talking about before, you can't hide from the truth, right? My other partner, he's got two young girls, uh. wants to spend more time with the family. <laughs> he needs to be able to, he needs to be able to go to the ballet lessons. Yep. He needs to be able to go and, and be able to be the dad that he wants to be. Right. That's so important to him. He knew what was important to him, uh. right? So if we were all equal partners, and myself, and 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 Rob, who's the partner I run Shamrock Restoration with now, we're busting our humps. We don't wanna, we don't have any ballet lessons to go to, <laughs> you know? I'm going to a networking meeting and he's going to a ballet thing. You know, you can start feeling a little funny about it. Well, why even put yourself in that position, right? So he knew that he, Sean, is the one that ended up leaving. He he's got an entrepreneurial spirit. He was the one that started the company, right? So it's in him. But he knew that the demands of this particular industry, they didn't have longevity for him. Right. So he was honest with himself. We were honest with him. But we didn't just say like, dude, you're out. Gotta go. <laughs> we're gonna buy you out, it's done. We kind of put something together. And so that we were like, all right, so here, you have this. And the two businesses, 
they kind of have crossing points. Right. So he helps us still to this day, and we help him still to this day. That's great. And so, you know, again, we kind of were able to look a little bit into the future, identified a couple of things, and we made a plan for it. And you don't always get that lucky, but no. in our <laughs> circumstance, we did. And, and then that's that great. is kind of how, how it worked out. Oh, that's good. Because like you said, you don't always get that lucky, and you don't yeah. always have the person that is okay with leaving. Sean clearly knew exactly what he wanted as far as time with his kids and didn't want the demands of the schedule that Shamrock required. So he knew exactly kind of where he wanted to go. And you guys were able to kind of, the three of you collaborate and make that happen to a great solution, it sounds like for him. Yeah, and you know, <laughs> thinking back on it, you know, Rob and I, we busted our butts to set up that company that is now his company in, in totality. And we, from a monetary standpoint, like right now, we didn't get anything out of it. Right. But it was worth doing. Right. Because that's what made the whole thing happen. Right. If we would have been like, well, Sean, you just go to your thing. Yeah. And we would have <laughs> been like, well, it would have it felt completely different. Right. Yes. So... He does There's, mold, mold testing, right? He does mold testing, right? Which you guys can't do because of- Can't do like it. Well, it wouldn't make sense for me to be the one to tell you that you have mold and that I'll get rid of it. And then look, <laughs> I tested at both. the end and oh my God, I did a great job. That's not gonna work. So <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so partners, that's, that's a tricky one. Partner is like a yeah. relationship. It is. Right? And that communication is key. It and is. And then having some kind of partnership agreement, whatever that looks like in place is also key. It's so key. Yeah, that I mean, is. I had, a, I had a client once a few years back and they, um, he and his partner were in like training um, of youth athletes, so kind of sports specific training. And there'd been a breakup. So they had a place up here in Palm Beach County and they had one down in Miami Day and they had this breakup for what, and I kind of met him kind of after the breakup happened and the partner was more the administrative side of everything. And the person I was working with was more the one that liked to be in the field, liked to interact with the kids, you know, was kind of a big kid himself, was really good at what he did. He lost everything because he didn't have logins for like the emails, like email accounts, the, like the whole brand really went, this guy, you know, according to him, now obviously I know there's two sides to every story, so I didn't hear the other side, but according to him, you know, like the website was gone, the, like the whole, they had like 10,000 emails. And even though the person took the Miami location and he kept the Boca side, so they split, but most of the emails, Boca had been built first. And so most of the emails were up here mm -hmm. and he had no access to them. Like he couldn't get in the account. I'm like, did you have any kind of partnership agreement in place? Nope. I'm like, uh, you know, unfortunately, even if you went to an attorney, there's probably nothing you can do because there's zero agreement in place on how you would split this business if you split it, you know, or or if it's 50-50, whatever the ownership is and how things get, you know. So I've I've seen that firsthand. Yeah, I mean, you yeah. got to protect yourself. Right. You, you have to be your own best advocate. You have yes. to protect yourself. And... You have to realize, I love business. I really do. I love the business world. I love everything about building a business. And 
But you have to understand that business is mean <laughs> yes. and it's nasty. It takes no prisoners mm -hmm. and nobody cares if you cry, right? Everybody is out there for themselves at the end of the day. So that's okay, right? It, it sounds mean and nasty when you lay it out like that, but you got to know what you're getting yourself into. Right. And you got to protect yourself. Mm -hmm. And you got to know who you're getting into partnerships with. It's not too different than a relationship, like no. from, you know, dating or something, right? Right. It's the same thing. You're not going to marry everybody that you dated. So don't be a business partner with everybody that, you know, you have a cordial business conversation with. You got to right. pick and choose. You got to be smart about it. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. I think that's a, that's a key piece. And it's a piece that some people miss because, you know, sometimes they just, you know, it's a relationship of convenience, whatever it is, or, you know, the skill set, like we talked about at the very beginning, Maybe they had more of an administrative skill set and this person can do the service, whatever it is. So they work well together from that side, but then they don't really think of what happens if something goes wrong. Maybe exactly. there's a personality conflict or maybe one gets jealous of the other, whatever the, you know, it could be anything if you really don't have it out on paper. Yeah. Um, you know, I always talk to people even in the coaching aspect of my business about, you know, especially if they're starting up and starting with a person another person as a business partner, I'm like, make sure you have, like, I'm not an attorney, so make sure you go to an attorney and put in place a business, some kind of agreement. Oh, well, this is my best friend or this is my whatever. I'm like, best friend for now, but you never know in business where things can shift. And that's where that agreement comes in place. You know, is it a 50-50 partnership, which is tough sometimes because now you both have, like, if one says this and one says this, and you disagree, there's no one that can break that tie. You have to figure it out between the two of you versus having 5149 or whatever that is. So you have to figure out all those pieces when you start a company um, and or, or bring on a business partner. Maybe you started the company and you brought on a business partner. You have to kind of figure those out. Yeah. You know, beforehand, so you save your head, save the headache later. Yeah. And then how about this, right? So I'm in the, the world where if something happens in your house where there's water all over the floor, you've got a leak or you got mold, right. we're, we're the ones that come in and fix all that for you, right? Yep. But Allison, I don't know how to do any of that. No. I wouldn't, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not naturally handy. I know how to build a business. I know how to market things. So like we talked about before, if you're going to get into a partnership, right, you know what your strengths are, you know what your weaknesses are, but as soon as I was like, all right, I'm going to be part of this. They've given me equity. The first thing that I made a little pet project was I'm going to learn everything I can from these partners that I have right. that have strengths where my weaknesses are. And I'm going to learn from them because we're partners, mm -hmm. right? And so as the years went on and I started making it, kind of a pet project to start picking up my own licensure and my own certifications mm -hmm. and learning how to do all that stuff. Well, then I'm not vulnerable anymore either. Right. A right. lot of people, when they get into these things, they go, well, look, Allison, you're amazing at marketing. I'm not even going to look at it. I'm not even going to bother with it. So many people, especially with numbers. Oh my God. It's, there's like an aversion 
so many business owners, they don't want to look at their numbers. The numbers are the most important thing in the right. world. Tell if you how you're doing. <laughs> if you're not looking at the numbers, you don't know anything about your business, right? right? Yep. But people would rather farm that out or they just leave that to one partner. How dare you? How dare you? You've got to, uh, it's okay if you're not good at it. It's okay if you've never had any experience. Right. But don't let that be just where it stays. You got to take your time and learn, especially when the partnership is good. They're going to want to teach you. Right. Right. Absolutely. They're going to want to show what their strengths are so that they can feel like they're helping you. That's that's what a partnership is all about. Mm -hmm. Well, use it. Make sure you use that. Yeah. And so that was another thing that kind of set us up for success when we kind of merged mm -hmm. apart. Well, merged apart. That's not the way. <laughs> when we separated that that enabled us to be able to do it. So, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, no, I think that's key. And even if you farm out an aspect like bookkeeping, like it's okay because ultimately that's what you want to do is find the trusted people outside of your specific company that can do the tasks that maybe you don't have time to do. But when that bookkeeper then returns that report for the month of May, make sure you're looking at it, make sure you ask that person or ask a your accountant, how do I actually read this? If you don't understand a PL statement, like understand what it is, like how do I read this? Do your own work on it. I'm sure there's some YouTube videos on accounting and what a PL is and all that type of thing. You know, make sure you understand what is happening in your own company because while it may be good, you know, make sure you catch any errors because that's the other thing. I mean, bookkeepers, accountants, they can all make errors too. I mean, it's they're it's not infallible. They're hopefully not intentionally making any errors, but but things happen. Maybe they keyed a number in wrong and you're like, wait a minute, this report doesn't look right. You know, so be your own forensic accountant, like know what the number should look like. And then if some number sticks out at you as either too low, too high, whatever it is, go do your own due diligence and don't just trust the other professional. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I mean, one of the hardest things as a small business owner that I think from talking to other small business owners is it's hard to give things up, right? No. It's hard to <laughs> hire somebody to do something yes. for you, right? But at the same time, it's it's impossible to grow your business yeah. unless you allow that to happen, mm -hmm. right? But you always got to keep an eye on it. You always right. got to be aware of it, just like mm -hmm. you're saying. You know, you don't have to be the one that does everything because no. maybe in the beginning you do, but that right. has no longevity <laughs> either. But you always have to be paying attention to it. Yes. So I couldn't agree more in regards to what you just said. Yeah. So changing questions for a minute. I know you are married. I am. To Jamie. And yeah. Jamie was the first guest on this. <laughs> so. Yeah. What. How does family impact? And I know you don't have any kids yet, but how does family and the support of her like impact your business? Well, for me, family is the most important thing in the mm -hmm. world, right? That's your support structure. That's that's your comfort zone. And if you, if you don't have the support of your family, it, it makes it very difficult to do it. Right. Because as an entrepreneur, I mean, you put countless hours Hours and hours. I mean, your your company, in a way, is a part of your family, right? Whether you like it or not. Exactly. Now, whatever <laughs> role you want to give it, maybe it's like your child or what. It's there. 
yep. is there. And if if everybody is not supportive of everybody, then it, it's not going to work. So I'm very lucky because she does support mm-hmm. me and she does understand the crazy hours and the need to answer the phone. And she gets that. Now, that's not like a snap of the fingers kind of thing. No. And sometimes you have to... You have to make sacrifices, just like you make sacrifices for your business. You have to make sacrifices for your relationship, right? Mm-hmm. So are there are things and times that you've got to put it off to the side, the business, right. and you got to focus on your family. Without that balance, life needs balance, right? It just yeah. does. And it's hard, though, in business. A lot of times, I mean, I've, I've heard countless entrepreneurs and I listen to podcasts and different things and say, you know, some are very pro-balance and figuring out what that balance is. And some like, it's never going to be in balance because ultimately, you know, at some point the businesses are going to require more. So you're going to be putting more hours in over here. And so it's really about the quality of hours you're spending with that loved one, as opposed to maybe the quantity of hours, you know, and sometimes it may be flipped the other way, maybe you have a new baby and maybe you're putting more hours in with the family now for the next you know few weeks and then try, you know, so it's never, I find personally that I don't ever see it in like a perfect balance of like, you know, if you look at time, if we talk about a time balance of, okay, I'm going to work for eight hours <laughs> and then I'm going to sleep for eight hours and then I'm going to do this, you know, I'm going to spend time with my family for eight hours. Like it, that doesn't like it, <laughs> it never works that way. No, there's no way. There's no way. But this is what I would say. You have to be able to have a conversation. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. For Jamie, I'll just speak for her. She just wants to be in the loop. Yeah. She'll pretty much support me for whatever I do if she's in the loop. So she has Because she wants to feel part of it too. Yes. Right. She's not clocking in and clocking out over at the company, (laughs) but she knows what's going on. And because she knows, she, like you said, she feels like she's part of it, yes. right? Mm-hmm. And then it helps her understand. Does she like it all the time? No, Allison, she does not <laughs> like it. No. But she knows what's going on. She knows what the end game is, right? And it's the same thing with the business partners, right? If 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 somebody is going to want to have a family or something, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't need to know the nitty-gritty details, right? <laughs> but... There should be a plan in place. There should right. be, to not like address things with those that are so close to you that you rely on for so many other things mm-hmm. is is unfair, right? So, you know, there's, there's got that's what I'm talking about, I guess, with the balance thing. You okay. gotta you gotta be you gotta be brave, and you gotta kind of talk about things that maybe you're not always gonna want to talk about. Right. Bring people the, the in the hard loop subjects. On things. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about those hard subjects. Now, going back to the beginning of the pandemic, you just mentioned, you know, when the pandemic hit, yeah, no one wanted your company in their house. Uh-huh. I mean, I just remember, yeah, I remember my own fears of like, I think I was getting ready to do some work and I'm like, yeah, we can hold off for a little while because you guys don't need to be in the house, especially if I didn't know somebody, you know, maybe it was, maybe I knew the owner of the company, but it wasn't the owner of the company doing the work. It was these other people that I didn't know where they'd been. And I know at the same time, Jamie had mentioned in her podcast that she also, she was laid off because she was in the event planning industry. And obviously that went stone cold at the time. So was there any 
stress during that time between either the between the two of you or how did you tackle that from a, a family and a business perspective? Wow. Well, you know, I think for anybody that time was <laughs> was new. It was a new thing that we all had to figure out. I mean, we shut the company down for two weeks. Wow. Rob and I just handled everything. We just sent everybody else home. Because I didn't even I didn't even know what I was supposed to do with my employees. Nobody like they didn't <laughs> teach me right. West Virginia Business School what to do when there's a global pandemic. <laughs> that one right? brought up? Come no, on. That, that wasn't a topic that we discussed. <laughs> um and and then yeah, man, her whole world got shut down because she was in events. Right. I mean, no, this, that wasn't happening. So was there stress? Yeah, there was stress, Allison. Yes, this, there was stress. And it was hard to navigate, right? But that is where I was lucky because I did have partners mm -hmm. and we could all brainstorm and we, we brainstormed together yeah. and I was able to talk to Jamie and we brainstormed what we were gonna do as a little family unit. And for me, I like making long-term plans. Like I like to look out and decide what we're gonna be doing a year, two, three years down the road, right? The day-to-day -day planning, I hate, I hate that. <laughs> oh my God, whether it's relationship-wise, or business-wise, I I don't like the day-to-day -day stuff <laughs> as much. So when the pandemic hit and all of a sudden, all of our long-term plans were like put on ice and it was like, figure it out. Yeah, that was crazy stressful. But you know what? I'm a business owner. Nobody's gonna save me. So we just had to figure it out. And mm -hmm. if that right. becomes your attitude and you're like, well, I have no choice. I yeah. have to figure it out. Well then, you know, you do, you step up to the plate. You do. Yeah. You have you to do. figure out if you want to eat. You got to figure out how that's going to happen. That's it. Yeah. Otherwise, you aren't eating. No. <laughs> no, and a lot of people didn't. Yeah, was, exactly. You know, so. But you can't rely on the government to step in or someone to step in. And obviously, the government did offer some support, but yeah. they can't offer ongoing support forever because there's not enough money to go around. No. But so. getting that money was like a full-time job, too. Right. <laughs> and you know what? You just grit your teeth and you figured it out and, and you yeah. did it. Um, huh. Man, I I guess we'll all look back at that time when it's a little less present. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sure we'll all reflect on how crazy it really and truly was. <laughs> Tell the stories to. Yeah. Yeah. To those, the next generations. Like, yeah. well, back in our day, <laughs> you know, yeah. they're like, well, there's not going to be another global pandemic tomorrow. Oh. But you know what it else taught me? <laughs> you better have a nest egg. Right. You better not over leverage yourself. You better really know how you're going to get your business in and the money in and yep. what your payables are. You got to own that because those that maybe were loosey goosey with their finances, maybe they didn't get bit by the COVID right away. Right. But I think when you started seeing people fall off, at least in my industry, it happened maybe like a year, year and a half after the pandemic hit. Yeah. Because it, it just took that long for it all to fall apart. Right. Yeah.
Yeah. No, and I think that's that's true of a lot of people too, you know, and, and what they did during this time. You had to really shift gears pretty quickly and try and figure out, okay, this is the reality and we got to figure out what plan B is or plan C or D or whatever it is because um, the roadblock just hit right here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, and no one, I think, envisioned it happening for two years at all. And while it's not nearly where it was at the beginning, still. Um, yeah. I'm still dealing with it. Yeah. Every time anybody gets like a head cold or something, like, it's like, do I have to get you tested before you can come back? Do I have to put you in isolation? I mean, all that is wild to me. But yes. Yeah. Yes. No, it, it is. Now, you mentioned a minute ago that you are, you love the vision process of looking at like a year out, two years out, three yeah. years out. And that's really how, you know, especially if you're in business development, that's really how you grow a company is it's not just if you if you're so enmeshed in the day to day operation of the company, you aren't going to grow the company. I mean, that's it's just the reality. So too hard. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's I mean, at least having a, a balance, we'll use that balance word again, you know, where you're setting some time aside to look at kind of the bigger picture and where you want to go with the company, how you want to grow it. I know in talking to you before this, that your industry has changed. You referenced that once earlier. So much so. And I know the, and some of that's been driven by the insurance companies and how they've changed that. So were those things that you were kind of looking at as far as the industry goes, like that was part of your you know, one year, two year, three year vision process. I mean, have any companies that you know of that do the same thing as you kind of gotten smacked in the face because they really didn't? They're like, oh, we can just keep it doing it the same way and, you know, nothing's going to change and we know how to do this and boom, like, well, wait a minute, now we don't get paid the same way. So, I mean, like, how did you have the forethought to kind of look at that? Well, so first and foremost, um, I talk to anybody. I love talking to people, right? <laughs> and I know you do. no matter what industry you're in, there's a bunch of different facets within that industry, right? Mm -hmm. So the more people that you talk to, the more information you can gather, right? And <laughs> this is kind of funny. There's as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, a lot of the gripes that a lot of people have, especially in the beginning, is there's so much on like, there's just people that just want to give you so much advice, right? <laughs> they don't have any idea about your actual situation. They think they do. They just want to give you all this advice. And a lot of people are turned off by it. I, I'll bring it all on because I'm not going to, yeah. I'm not going to do something just because you tell me to do it, but I'd love to know your opinion. Right. I'd love to know what you're thinking. And then if you get enough of people's opinions, you start kind of figuring it out a little bit more about what's going on. So in our particular industry, what I started doing was that there was a long time where I, I would say even now, a, a majority of where we get paid was from the actual insurance companies. They are the ones that pay us. Um, so right now I'd say it's like a 70-30 split for us. We're getting yeah. paid from the insurance companies versus having an actual homeowner strike us a check, right? Um, so what we started doing collectively is we just started talking to as many people that worked at the insurance companies as we could. And then we started talking to as many of the insurance brokers as we could. 
And we started figuring out what was changing over on their side, what the moving parts were, right? Mm -hmm. And then you start diving in a little bit deeper and you start looking at your own insurance policy. And what we had to do was, it's fine and dandy to know how to dry somebody's house out or get rid of the mold. (laughs) But if you don't know what the different moving parts are in the industry, you're going to get left out in the cold. So... Like three years ago, is it three years? Maybe it's even more now. Maybe maybe it's four years ago. Wow. I started looking at, and I started seeing that a lot of these insurance companies were flirting with the idea of doing vendor programs, mm-hmm. okay? And there's one particular insurance company in the state of Florida called Citizens. They're ran by the state. And so because they're ran by the state, and this is just my opinion, this is me looking into it. Yeah. Because they're ran by the state, they kinda, they get to try some things out. You know what okay. I mean? They're protected a little bit, right? And so I saw that they were going to the vendor program and then they'd stayed with the vendor program. And then I started seeing that other insurance companies were mm-hmm. like, hmm, this vendor program thing is a good idea. And then, Allison, I saw in an insurance policy, and it said, you use our people, right? there's no cap. Whatever the damages are, we'll pay them out to your policy limits if need be. But if <laughs> you choose to use who you okay. want, well, then it's capped at $10,000. And I said to myself, whoa, whoa, this is the first time I had seen it. But I was like, oh, this is, this is new. This is, this could be trouble. So immediately I decided I'm going to start looking into the vendor program because you're, you're not going to, I got to know what's happening here. I am not going to get caught off guard. And just to get on the vendor program, it took almost a full year, right? Just, that's just citizens. That was just to get in the, in the door with a company called Contractor Connection. Because what I found when I did the research, okay, so you start thinking about business. Everybody is a business. Even an insurance company is a business, yep. right? Mm-hmm. So when the pandemic hit, what was one of the first things I had to do? I had to learn what my costs were. I had to cut costs here, cut costs there. We had three partners. We had to move one partner off to a different right. company because we were too heavy, right? Yep. So you start looking at newspaper articles. You start looking at the news. You start looking at these insurance policies. And what you see is, just like everybody, the insurance companies got to become more profitable. There is a demand, especially with publicly traded companies, that you have to be more profitable every single year. So there's only so many ways to do that, right? You can bring in more business or you can cut costs. Usually you do a combination of both. What we started seeing and realizing was, oh my God, you know what the insurance companies are doing? They're downsizing their claims department. That is the biggest cost Uh burden to them as a company. And how are they going to do it? Oh, they're doing it with the vendor program. Because if they can send out vendors that they trust, then the looking at what the vendors and the contractors do isn't as taxing. And if the vendors have to use the insurance company's price list, well, then there's 
less time that needs to go into the reviewing of the bills because it just is what it is. And so then we started seeing, oh my God, you know what's happening? There's these two, three companies that have gone to the insurance companies and they said, you know what? We'll control the whole vendor thing for you. You don't even have to worry about it. We'll watch them, we'll grade them. And I thought to myself as a business owner, oh, this is <laughs> gonna catch fire. This is, this is too appealing of an idea mm -hmm. for a board of an insurance company not to wanna do it. It's, it's a perfect solution to the pain points they have. Right. Pain points, I love pain points. If you know what the pain points are of the people around you, whether it's your customers or the vendors, it can give you so much insight. And so that's what we saw. And as a company, we had a little, little powwow of the top people. I said, look, I'm gonna put a ton of time into getting us on these vendor programs. And our peers ate us alive. They were like, oh, you're so dumb. Why would you do that? You're gonna be a slave to the insurance carrier. You're, you're joining the wrong team. You're not gonna be able to take care of the homeowners the way you're supposed to. Baloney, it's baloney. And we got on the vendor program and at first it wasn't that great. And everything that everybody was saying was true. It sucked. I, I, I felt like I was handcuffed on certain things. And I felt like I, I wasn't making the money on jobs that I was making. We probably took, probably took about a 20% hit on every single job from getting it from the insurance company versus getting it kind of out on your own in the open market, let's say, okay? So, but I started figuring out the system, right? Everything is scary when it's new to you, but you can't be intimidated about that. You gotta figure it out. So we started figuring it out. And we started figuring out first how we could take care of the customers the way that we knew we were supposed to, right? Because actually the insurance company, you say whatever you want, every situation's different. But if presented the information properly, they have to do the right thing, especially right. if it's documented in such a way, right? So that whole thing went out the window. And then, yeah, okay, we'll take a 20% hit compared to what we were making before, but they're gonna give us more quantity. So from a business side of it, I thought, well, less money and time towards the, the bringing of the business in because I've right. developed this relationship. Well, then it's a bit of a wash, isn't it? Mm -hmm. And now it added a layer of protection for us, right? Yep. And so you asked me, have I noticed my competition and the others in my industry? Yep. Are they negatively impacted because they didn't get on board? Yeah, they're dropping like flies. Wow. Because they didn't see it coming. Mm -hmm. Even if they saw it coming, they didn't move fast enough. And now almost all of the business is vendor stuff. And if you're yeah. not in it, man, it's a cold world out there. I mean, they survive, <laughs> but it's hard. It's really hard. It changed the game completely. So interesting. Yeah. So the moral of the story is like, keep looking at the big picture and know all the players. Cause it's, you know, your players may not just be your company and the customer. You know, in your case, it's your company, the customer, the insurance companies. I, I don't know who else plays into that, but I mean, yeah, yeah. You know, I remember, I remember, I was under uh, People's Trust Insurance. I don't know how many years ago, 
And they had that program. and They I, still do. Yeah, yeah, and I had gone there really because their insurance was cheaper. I think I was finally able to come <laughs> off of Citizens because at that point, you didn't really want Citizens if no. you didn't have to have it. But it was after the hurricanes in 04, 05, and I was east of a certain place. And so I was more vulnerable. So I was kind of forced onto Citizens because that's the only person, the company that would actually service me. <laughs> so I went to People's Trust once they started opening it up a little bit when they hadn't had some hurricanes for a few years. And it wasn't, I don't even think I had the hurricane under them because I was like, how's this vendor thing gonna work with like hurricanes? Cause like if a hurricane hits, there's no way in heck, like you want, you know, if you need a tarp on your roof, you wanna just put the tarp on your roof and mm -hmm. you want someone to be able to cover that eventually. So yeah, I remember that was the first, my first introduction to that. I mean, I'm no longer with them, but you know, I was like, I don't, and luckily I never, knock on wood, didn't have any issues at that point where mm -hmm. I needed to file a claim to see how that worked. But it sounds like it's a change not only for you and your company, but it's a change for the customers too, because they got to be able to, you know, your, you know, if I have an insurance policy, if I don't read the fine print in my insurance policy, which many people don't, mm -hmm. they're just like, oh, I'm insured. Here's my caps and I'm good to go. And they don't read like all the little print that's like, and it's, you have to have this vendor and this and yeah. Most people get insurance just to satisfy their mortgage, right? Right. So, but you know what? We could get into the granulars about my industry. The reality is this, I've, I've been in a bunch of different industries. They're all changing, yeah. right? Everything's what your changing. industry is right now in five years, it's not gonna be that, no. right? I mean, you're in marketing. Yeah. Oh my no. God, how much has marketing changed? It, oh, it's changed a lot. and. Now you're now you're looking at the uh, Oculus and the the virtual reality world and how that's going to impact marketing because yeah. it is going to impact marketing. It and is. It, it is already impacting marketing. A hundred percent, right? You know, it's I, like okay, now how do I get on board with that? And I'm trying to look at, you know, like what are the what are the plays into it? Yeah, you guys with the video. Oh my goodness! In five years, this is my prediction. In five years, if you are in marketing and you can't do video, hang it up. Forget about it. Well, people, I think it's now, honestly. It's probably, right? I mean, because, people I mean, don't market, even like video has been, Yeah, I mean, video has been the number one marketing tool for the last few years. Mm -hmm. I mean, all the algorithms, all the social media platforms, all say video is better, you know, obviously live is best, and then the next is pre-recorded like this. You know, so I mean, it, all of them say that versus a static image or just some text thrown up. I mean, so everything is moving towards that. The question is going to be like, is it going to be this virtual reality world, you know, where you're actually kind of live streaming in the virtual reality world and you're all wearing something like an Oculus, whatever that is five years from now. Yeah. You you're know, gonna and you're to like talking to an audience virtually, you know, as opposed to live streaming on a computer that you can't really see what's going on. So. Yeah. Or even a podcast. Allison, if I ran into you five years ago, would I? Would you have said you were going to do a podcast? No, oh, hell no. No, right? And even because two years ago, I started this. Originally, I started this in 2020. When the pandemic hit, I was like, I saw the opportunity because I was like, there's going to be a lot of people that are like going to be entrepreneurs and need to start up companies because they're all getting laid off. Yeah. So that's where my opportunity is. So let me start this podcast. And I've been listening to this other um, business coach. And I'd was, and he did these like short 10 minute podcasts. It was just him most of the time. Every once in a while he'd bring in an interview. It was all audio. And 
So I was like, I'm going to model it kind of like that because I like, but he would do them like every day and there was no way in heck. It took me forever just to do it once a week. You know, it was like a yeah. 10 minute thing and I'm, I'd come in on a Sunday because that was my free time. And and then I had to edit the thing and I put an intro in there and an outro. And I was like, oh. I mean, I think I made it through five or six episodes and then I started getting busy again mm-hmm. and it kind of dropped. And so this year, and I would have never have done video back then. Like Jack could tell you that, um, you know, I filmed the video when we had the old space um, before this space and I filmed, like he filmed the video. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't even make it through the video. I'm like reading a teleprompter and I'm like, it's just me talking. And I'm like, I, yeah, he had to do some creative editing, let's just say. So I wouldn't even have considered video even two years ago. So yeah, this time, and now I'm like, oh, I gotta do video too, because then I can stream it to the audio platforms for those that wanna go to the gym and just have it running. Mm -hmm. And then I can have it on the video side because YouTube is still the second largest browser behind Google. So I might as well pick up some opportunities there. And if I'm putting them out once a week, that's good for content creation and put them up on the website and everything, so. So whether you know it or not, that would be one of the biggest lessons I would ever tell any entrepreneur. That example right there, right? You can have a great idea. Right. You can start a business. Congratulations. That's yeah. wonderful. But if you don't adapt your business, yeah. you're going to get lost. If you aren't willing to learn new things yeah. mm-hmm. and look yourself in the mirror and say, I have to do video. I hate video. I'm terrified <laughs> of video. I don't like it. And yep, you know what? Absolutely. I got to do it. And yep. now you do it. Now you just go, oh, yep, Johnny, just sit over there. I'll be ready for you in a minute. <laughs> you just stroll on in and you uh, knock out your hour-long interview. I mean. But I did things to get there. So exactly. like that piece that you just said, you know, of always learning and adapting. So I joined Toastmasters in September of last year. Good. Because I, I was that. like, I want to start speaking. So it wasn't even, I wasn't even thinking podcast yet. Like I was still, I was thinking more speaking in front of stage. So I'm thinking like. I need to actually get comfortable. And so it's still on Zoom, like they've, Toastmasters took everything on Zoom and they've kind of slowly started looking at integrating back into, you know, at least a hybrid format, but they got to find spaces and all that. So anyway, so I've been doing that since September and that's really helped from a confidence standpoint, just because, you know, I would sign up to do things and whether it was a role in the club or speak, I would sign up for something like every week. That's it. You know, and and that's really, you know, critical in doing it. So I think that's the big lesson is, you know, even if you don't like to do something, either find someone else to do it, you know, and video, if you're branding your company and you are kind of the brand out there, then you better figure out how to do the video yourself. Mm -hmm. But if you're not necessarily, if you're a bigger company or maybe you're not necessarily the brand, there's different kinds of videos you can do too, that maybe you don't have to be in you know, you can hire, if you have the money, hire actors, you can, you can do a lot of things with video, but, but think video, which, you know, is a key piece, but then just adapt and figure out what, how you can do it, you know, in any situation. So, you know, that's what I did personally to, and then I was like, oh, I'm, you know what, I'm not just going to do the audio thing because I want to do like the video too. So that's how that came about. So it wasn't even that I was joining it for the podcast. It was, that wasn't even in my mind at that, that point. So. Yeah, and it, it isn't. But you know what was in your mind? You were brave. Yeah, you have to push through that fear. you have to be brave. It, it sucks to do something that you're not comfortable doing. I mean, it's oh, terrible, yeah. right? Yeah. But, but you have to do it. If yeah. you're going to be a business owner, 
nobody is here to save you. Yeah. So and, and never do say it. never. I mean, even if you don't want to do it at that point, I've learned over time, like never say never. You know, I, yeah. like I knew people that had been in Toastmasters a couple of years ago and I was like, oh, I would never join that. <laughs> and right. There it was last year and I'm like fourth quarter and I'm like joining Toastmasters. And I'm like, okay, never say never. Yeah. Um, you know, and you have to, like you said, I mean, really it's being an entrepreneur means you always have to be growing. Yes. You know, the title of this is Dream Plan Start Grow. And it doesn't always come in that order. I find that sometimes if you really work on yourself, and the growth aspect, that then sparks the next dream. You know, or maybe you skip the dream part and you're just like, you come up with an idea one day, you just start, you know? And so yeah. like that's, you know, it doesn't have to be dream plan, start grow in that order, but know that I have found those four steps in whether you own a business or you don't own a business and it's just your personal life, those steps are integrated into it in all ways. Because otherwise, if you're not growing personally or professionally or however, then you're pretty much static and you're probably just slowly dying, which is, you know, a sad state. But unfortunately, you meet those people that just aren't happy with anything. You know, they don't, you know, they go to work, they clock in, they clock out. They go to work simply to bring home a check because they have to in order to pay some bills. Maybe they don't have family or maybe they're not happy with family. So anyway, you know, that's yeah. the key thing. Yeah. And you know what? Not every plan is going to work. No. You just got to be able to adapt. No. I mean, so as we wrap up here, what's the what would be one thing that you would share with people that maybe is like maybe you've been your biggest lesson? And it could be something you talked about already or just something that like if someone wanted to start any kind of company. OK. What I would say is it's a combination of a couple of things. Um, I'm a firm believer that you should know how to put together a business plan, mm -hmm. right? And that's where a lot of people stop because they're just intimidated by that process in itself, right. right? But what a lot of people don't realize is there are so many resources right? that are out there for free. Yes, absolutely. I mean, just locally. YouTube, SBA, yeah. SBDC, yeah. So a bunch of different ways, right? Yeah. So first of all, how, how are you best at learning? Are you are you a talker to somebody? Are you uh, listening to a podcast? Are you reading a kind yeah. of book? You visual, yeah. F figure out yeah. how you like to take in information, right? Yeah. For me, I gotta talk to people. Yeah. I, I have to be able to ask a question and get an answer. That's how I it's another question. Yep. So for me, when I was first starting, I went down to the Chamber of Commerce because my dad said, go to the Chamber of Commerce, man. They're going to have some people there yep. and they're going to give you some <laughs> direction. And then it turns out there's this organization and it's free and it's called the SBDC. And and they are there to because they, you know what you forget? You forget that cities need entrepreneurs. Oh, absolutely. They need businesses. So they purposely fund things that will help entrepreneurs grow. So right. realize there's resources out there that are there to help you. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Put together a plan. Don't be afraid if your plan doesn't work perfectly. Adapt it. Exactly. Adapt it. You are yeah. not perfect. 
you might think that you're going to have the best business in the world, but you got to be able to be fluid and change things, right? Not everything's going to work. And the last thing I would say is you have to be brave. I think that being an entrepreneur is probably what it was like to be an explorer hundreds of years ago, okay? (laughs) You are the Viking that got on the ship, didn't know where you were going. Right. But you (laughs) knew when you got there, you were gonna take over. Yes. Uh Or you're the pilgrim that was like, yo, there's no food here. Anything is better than this. I'm gonna go make it on my own, right? There's, there's not a whole lot of the world left to explore. So those kinds of people kind of, kind of they don't get to do those things anymore. Right. Maybe we'll get right. to space travel. Right. That would be cool, right? Yeah. I'm all aboard on that. Yes. But as an entrepreneur, you are forging your own path. Mm-hmm. So be brave about it and, and be ready. And lastly, whether it's right or wrong, you better be confident. Because if you don't believe in yourself, yes. nobody else is going to. Yeah. And and people can smell it on you if you don't. Yeah. So, uh-huh. and how do you believe in yourself? You gotta figure out what, what makes you tick, right? But a right. lot of it is learn your craft and be confident in what you are providing whoever your customer is. No, I think that's that's great advice for sure. And that brave and confidence piece. And if you don't have that, work on it. You know, just keep remembering what we've said earlier, you know, adapt, learn, figure that out. Um, because that will, de- that you can develop that, but you have to be intentional about developing that. So if anyone had any questions either on your industry or in something you said today, is it the social media or your website? What's the best way to reach out? Um, well, honestly, you could always reach out to me on social media. I, I'm not <laughs> not the best about the social media. <laughs> if you were to see my social media page, you would realize that immediately. <laughs> um, but you know, I'm old school. You can find me at a lot of networking events. Just come up and say hello. Um, you can call me. My number is is out there in the ethers. I take calls. I'm not, I don't shy away from that. Um, But yeah, I mean, this has been fun. Yeah, it's been a a lot of fun. I appreciate you joining us today. So thank you everyone for joining the Dream Plan Start Grow podcast. I think I got a lot of pieces out of this too. I mean, I didn't know exactly what you would say and each podcast kind of develops based on an opening question and I we kind of go from there. So I never have it scripted out or anything like that. If you want to reach out to me or learn more about this Dream Plan Start Grow concept or look at some of the other podcasts, you can go to dreamplanstartgrow.com. The email is success at dreamplanstartgrow.com. Uh, we do host, I do host a weekly mastermind on Clubhouse on currently it's Thursdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, but check the website for any updates to that if you're listening to this later, because sometimes our times update. So, um, but you can definitely reach out to, you know, check that out as well. It's completely, 
we just throw out a different question each week. People are welcome to come up on the stage and contribute or maybe ask some questions. And you know, sometimes it's a couple of us and sometimes it's eight or 10 of us and hopefully we'll grow to bigger. So please reach out that way. And thank you again for joining us again, Johnny. Yeah, Johnny Mackey, Shamrock Restoration. Any kind of water damage or mold, we're here for you. <laughs> thank you, Allison. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to the Dream Plan Start Grow podcast with Allison Turner. If you like what you heard, make sure to subscribe and leave a review. Join the Dream Plan Start Grow community by following us on Facebook or Instagram at Dream Plan Start Grow. See you in the next episode. <laughs>